Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. I think in elementary school is when I remember it, but in elementary school, um, we all were kind of builders. We all had this capacity to, to build things, and how it typically came about was through popsicle sticks. Anybody remember building with popsicle sticks? And uh, your parents were so proud of you, so proud. Whatever you created, they were just elated that you could put two sticks together and create something that looked almost like a square. Um, <laughs> And so, so today I, I want to have our ushers give each one of you a popsicle stick. Um, and this is, yes, some of you are going to start chewing on them. Um, this could have been a, a, a bad idea, but oh well. Chalk it up. But I don't, I don't know how many of you actually like doing house projects. Some of you tell me about the exploits at your house, the amazing things that you craft and create for your family. Uh, and um, um, maybe I'm a little bit envious at times of some of the things that you guys can do. Uh, I'm not really a great handyman. Uh, and some of you don't have to amen that. You've tried to help me on a variety of projects. We're good. Um, I, I do. I really want to do well. I love looking at projects and, you know, even uh, I, I've looked at Pinterest. Anybody like Pinterest? And they make you think you can do everything. But I've realized you can't do everything. And Kristen will agree that I can't do everything. And I, I really do want to learn, though. Uh, it's, uh, it's in my heart. I, I want to bless my heart. And... Uh, Many, many times uh, I try to start something and then Roland Arrowwood gets a call from somebody in our house to uh, fix what I've started. <laughs> yeah, that happened recently, yes. Um, but, but I remember even uh, now a few years ago, I wanted to tile the girls' bathroom. How hard is it to tile a small little bathroom? It's, it's a little harder than what you think, to be honest. And in fact, uh, did, you, did I have to call you on? Yeah. So I won't name any names. Anthony Henson and Andrew Sizemore thought they would help me on that project. But needless to say, two years later, the phone call was made. Hey, this floor is coming up. I don't even know what's happening here. Didn't turn out well. I think in uh, summer of 2020, when we were all quarantined and trying to figure out what, what to do with our lives, uh, I thought, you know what, now's a good time to finish my basement. And uh, of course, I can, I can finish a basement. How hard can that be? Um, besides the concrete work and the framing and the electrical and the drywall and the plumbing, uh, it, was, it was a pretty simple project. But... I quickly realized I was over my head on that one as well, and uh, uh, we called in Brother Danny on that project to thank him for coaching us, and Andrew got called in again on that. He, he gets in, called in on all the projects, but I, I remember standing there with Andrew, and we're looking at the framing job. That's close. I mean... It's all right. The soffit's a little bit crooked, but it's all good. But I had to buy a, a bunch of two-by-fours uh, for that job to frame it up, and, and uh, so I recruited Emma on that one. Uh, so me and Emma, then we backed the two-by-fours up against the basement window, and Emma was inside the basement. I was outside, and we're just chucking these two-by-fours in. And uh, I'll just say she was a very happy daughter that day. She was so thankful to be working with her dad. And 
that was something my dad always, always was notorious for doing when he had a project he wanted completed. He would say, hey, let's have a father-son outing, which never meant anything fun. It was always work. But I want to speak this morning on the subject, take a beam, take a beam. And so um, I'm thankful for the hand of God on the Calvary Church. I am thankful that we have a body of believers who are dedicated to the work of God in our city. Every week I get to talk to individuals in our church who express to me a deep hunger, a deep love for the things of God. They express deep desires to do things for God. And to be honest, it's very inspiring to hear that you are hungry to do something for God. There's a genuine love for our community and a compassion for the hurting that comes from this church. And I am grateful every day, every day for that. And what I realize even sitting in here today, that uh, we must continue to make room in our hearts we must continue to make room in our lives and in our time and even in this building for more people to be impacted by the gospel. We have a collective calling. We have a collective vision at this church, and I am thankful for it. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we read a unique story. We know about this story because of, uh, for those of you who have been around church any length of time, you may have heard uh, about this story because of the miracle that is associated with this story. But it's an, a story that emerges from a time in Israel where they were facing volatility in their own government. There were kings and, and uh, that were... Uh, walking, coming to power, that some were good, some were bad. And you find these prophets who would be used by God to begin to speak to God's people during this time. And so this would be after, if you know, the first king, Saul, and then David, and then Solomon. And so this is going to come after Solomon. And there's this volatility in the government. Yet God raises up a group of people in the midst of a little bit of a chaotic time. He raises up a group of people who were hungry for God in much that I see at the Calvary Church. I realize that they, when I read this passage, they were sensitive to the voice of God. They were dedicated to the will of God, and they were faithful to the work of God. So in the book of Kings in the Old Testament, we read about schools in those days where young Israelites were trained for the prophetic ministry. And you can read this in Samuel, you can read this in Kings, but there were these groups and these gatherings of people who were hungry for the voice of God. They were willing to be used by God, and they were willing to do the work of God. And under the prophet Elisha's leadership, the prophetic community began to grow, and it began to grow in such a way that it outpaced its ability to stay in its same living quarters. And so in 2 Kings chapter Number one, we read about this group of individuals, these sons of prophets who had a school that they would be trained and they would go out and do God's work. And Second Kings 6 verse 1 says, the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. I heard a message many years ago that whose title really has impacted my life. The title of the message was Divine Discontent. I'm thankful for a church. When I look over the last number of years, a church who has not 
been content to just stay who we were, to just stay where we were, but to go where God wants us to go. And I believe that the Lord wants us to not be discontent in the sense of we're discontent with life, but discontent with just walking through the status quo in our relationship with God. It would be impossible for us to really quantify today how much work that God has for us to do in this world. And for us to just simply be complacent or to be satisfied with what we have and what we're doing, I think would be an error in judgment or an error in our walk with God. And so I encourage us again today, a church who has a long history, a storied history of fall after the will of God. I want to raise my voice one more time, not in judgment, not in condemnation, but simply to just encourage us one more time that there's still more that God is calling us to and God is reaching for us to do. I realize in this story that they wanted to expand their ability to minister. They realized that God was calling more people to the prophetic. God was calling more people to hear the voice of God. God was calling more people to go out and share what he was speaking to them. And they realized in this setting, this is not going to be big enough. This is not all that is needed. We've got to do more. And so they came to the prophet Elisha and they said, we've got to do more. And so that old facility for housing the sons of the prophets was not large enough to meet the needs of all those who wanted to be trained. So they had this hunger for God. They had this expectation for more. They were not satisfied. And I pray today that that is our heartbeat. That is our desire. That we are not content. In verse number two, it says, Please let us go to Jordan. And let every man take a beam from there. And let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he, Elijah, answered and said, go. It's one thing to be discontented. It's one thing to not be satisfied with where things are. But there's another thing altogether when you decide to take action on your feelings and on your heart. It's one thing to be discontented, but it's another thing to pick up an axe and to continue to enlarge God's work in the world. Everyone here, it says, every man took a beam. And he said, let every man take a beam. That everyone that would be a part of what was happening. Everyone who was hungry to hear more from God, everyone who wanted to see God do more was not just gonna sit back and watch as a couple people built something that allowed for more people, but it said everyone, everyone was to grab an ax and to go down and grab a beam. Let me tell you, this is kind of, I think, the the first BYOB moment in scripture. (laughs) Bring your own beam. It was that kind of moment that if we're going to do this, we're going to do this because everyone's involved. It's going to be as big as everyone involved wants it to be. It's going to be able to impact the world as much as everyone wants it to impact the world. I I think that's a powerful principle for us to understand as the church, that we as the church will be as powerful as really everyone wants us to be powerful. Everyone wants us to do a mighty work. That's the work, that's the level in which we will accomplish God's work. And so I encourage us to not just be someone who sits on the sidelines and critiques and 
kind of puts our two cents on what we think should be doing, how we think should, things should be done. But if that's the case, if God's put something in your heart that needs done, then I encourage you to pick up an axe. Pick up an axe and go fell a tree and knock down a tree and say, I want to be a part of what God is doing in this world. We shouldn't talk about how important the Word of God is and not come to Wednesday night Bible study. I don't think we should talk about how, how uh, uh, dedicated we ought to be in our singing and yet we don't commit ourselves to, to prayer. That we shouldn't preach about consecration if we're not really intending to live out truth in our lives. We want a move of God. We can talk about how much we want a move of God, but we know, we know, Calvary, we know that it takes, uh, takes showing up to prayer to see a move of God. We can watch a bunch of other churches online and be intrigued by all the things they do, and that's great. I'm glad for the inspiration, but let me tell you something. God is doing something here as well, and if you want us to do something great, we got to take a beam, and we've got to cut it down and say, I'm going to carry something into this. Oh, hallelujah. I know I'm preaching a little challenging today at this first first uh, part of this message, but I I want us to get it today. I I know we have great potential in this church, and God keeps reiterating this to me over and over. You've heard some sermons in the last two, three, four, five months where I sense God just going, come on, come on, don't stop, don't stop pressing, don't stop moving towards what I'm doing, but what I realize, we truly are limited to those who are willing to grab a beam and carry it. And so Elisha's students said, I'll take a beam. I want it, and I'll go after it. They weren't going to rely on somebody else's effort to do it, but they were going to do it themselves. Now, I I told Forrest today, I said, I'm just going to grab it. This is the biggest beam that I can carry. (laughs) But I, I realized today that I have something to contribute to what God's doing in this world and what God's doing in this church. And so what am I going to do? Am I going to just sit and watch and hope that somebody builds something great and does something great? Or am I going to go? And I'm going to go out with my axe and I'm going to say, God, what can I contribute to what you're doing at the Calvary Church? I might not see everything. Brother Danny, I might not see everything come to pass that's in my heart. I I don't believe your dad saw everything come to pass that was in his heart. But I realize there's a story, and this is not in my notes, but there's a story. King David, who saw the vision for the temple, he saw what God could do with that grand temple. But he realized he wasn't going to be a part of the ultimate building of it. But he did not step back and say, well, good luck, next generation, you do it. Since I don't get to enjoy it, I have nothing to do with it. No, David said, I'm going to gather supplies. I'm going to get some things because I know at some point God's doing something in this world. And I'm, I'm encouraging us, Calvary, even if we might not see the end result, even if what we're doing at the Bishop Center doesn't affect our kids or our grandkids or anybody we're associated with, I'm telling you today, all of us have an opportunity to contribute to what God is doing. And we should contribute to what God is doing. I'm thankful for this building. I'm going to tell you, I wasn't here. Brother Huey's sitting back there who led the charge to build this building. I had nothing to do with it. I never painted a wall. I never, which is probably good. I never uh, uh, put any uh, studs in the walls. I never did anything to get this concrete. But I'm thankful for some people who said, you know what? I'm investing. Even if I don't see the full measure of it, I'm investing in what God is doing. And that's the attitude. That's the attitude that I feel God calling us to. Everyone take a beam. Everyone take a beam. You've got something to contribute to the things of God. Hold up your little popsicle stick. You got something to contribute. Yeah, you might not think it works very well. It might not look pretty to you, but I'm telling you, it is something that God can use. 
I don't think those prophets, I don't think those prophets were too worried about whether the wood looked just perfect or whether they had just cut it just right. I think they said, you know what? I've got the opportunity to do something. I've got a burden to see God work. And so I'm just going to move into it and see God take my effort and make something great out of it. Oh, hallelujah. And we're not content to just watch somebody else do something that they could contribute to. And they told Elisha, they said, Elisha, we want you to go with us. We're not wanting to do this on our own, but we're trying to do this in a collective way. In verse 4, 2 Kings 6, so they went with them. So he went with them, Elisha went with them. And when they came to to the Jordan... They cut down trees. No excuses. No hesitation. They just cut down trees. The beam. Something that God is calling you to do. But here's the miracle part of the story, which in fact is not a great miracle to start with. They're hungry for God. They want the voice of God to be elevated They want more people to be able to prophesy. They want more people to be involved in sharing God's word in the world. So they begin to build. And one of those prophets began to hit the tree with the axe. And that axe that he had was a borrowed axe. And that head of that axe flew off into the water. And... He became pretty concerned. I think that's a pretty amazing thing. He became concerned mainly because he had borrowed the axe. He was saying, oh man, I'm in trouble now. This would have delayed and this created an inconvenience to what he was doing. But here we see the miracle 2 Kings 6, verse 5, but one was cutting down a tree. The iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Verse 6, so the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him a place, so he cut off a stick and threw it there, and he made the iron float. Therefore he said, Pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. What I realize is that the moment we start going after the things of God, things happen. Obstacles come. And we reach a point many times in our life when we start working for the Lord and doing things for God. We reach a moment where we have no other choice but to rely on God. He could not go any further. He could not contribute any more. But he relied on God in that moment, and a miracle took place. What I realize is that God has a way of turning failure into future. He has a way of turning failure into future. While you think it's thrown away and it's lost, it's that humility that crying out, saying, I need help. That God does the impossible. He turns his failure into future. Because here's what I want us to understand. God's work in the world is a partnership with humanity. God's work in this world is a partnership with humanity. Adam and Eve are invited by God to partner with his purpose. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. This is before sin. From the very moment of creation... 
God's work in the world was a partnership with humanity. And when we see Jesus Christ on his way to the cross, Jesus doesn't get to the cross without a man, a man named Simon, who took a beam, a beam that maybe he didn't want to take, but God partnered with humanity to accomplish redemption. Christ in his humanity and in his weakness could not carry the cross where it needed to go. And so God used a man to partner with Christ to help him get to the cross. And I'm telling us today that we are in a partnership with God. If you think that we can just stand off to the sidelines and watch God do his work, you are sadly mistaken. The only way God accomplishes his work in this world is when human beings say, God, here I am. Use my life. Use me for your glory. God, I'll carry whatever I have to carry. I'll do whatever I have to do. In Calvary, we're not going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish without us getting involved in it. When Jesus ascended into heaven, the Spirit of God was poured out on humanity. Why? To continue his work in the world. He said, you'll receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. We realize God's work in the world is accomplished when he is in partnership with humanity. And in 2 Timothy, I think it's interesting, 2 Timothy 2 verse 12 says, if we endure... We shall also reign with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. God's partnership with humanity doesn't end with this life. You can read that over and over. There's passages all throughout scripture that talk about that. So I want to partner with what God's doing in this world We are a body of believers who are not satisfied. And we want to grow our impact. And we need everyone to take a beam. You have something to contribute to the work of God. We face obstacles often that require trust in God. But obstacles are really what? Opportunities, trials, they say, are testimonies and problems become our power. So we realize we all have the opportunity to take a beam. I want to pray in this moment. I'm going to add just a few more things here. But I want to pray. I feel to pray for us today. Pray for our hearts. Pray for our desires For God to accomplish his work through us. God, I pray now, God, for everyone here, those watching online, I'm praying, God, that you would give us the courage, give us the desire to do your work. God, I know there is a hunger to see you Enlarge the reach of our lives, both individually and collectively. God, there are individuals in this room, God, who you are opening up doors on their job. You're opening doors in this community because, Lord, you have a work for them to do. And I pray, God, collectively that we as the Calvary Church would see your hand and your heart this community. I pray that we would be as those sons of prophets to not be content with just us and no one else, that we would not just be content to have just the people around us in our particular sphere of influence and be content with that, Lord, but I pray there would be something in us 
that desires to see you expand your voice in this community, expand your work in this region, Lord. Use the Calvary Church, I pray, in a powerful way. I pray there would be, God, many in this room who would say today, I'm going to take up a beam and I'm going to go and I'm going to accomplish your work and I'm going to help build, God, what you're trying to do. Lord, you know, you know, God, where everyone's at. You know the hunger level that's in this room. And I pray, I pray if someone feels God rejected, if somebody feels pushed away, I pray there would be something that arises in their heart that finds security in you, that finds deliverance in you and strength in you today. Thank you, God, for your call. Thank you for your invitation to work in this world for you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen. I going to take just a few more minutes. I'm not going to be very long. But I felt compelled and want to share with you our burden for the Calvary Church. And stayed in emphatic terms that I believe the same as the sons of prophets, the place where we dwell together is too small for us. And in very practical ways, I believe this building is too small for what God is wanting us to do and for what God is wanting us to reach for and the people God wants us to reach. Does anybody else believe that with me? So that's why in 2014, we embraced a plan by our church called the Promise Project. And today, I want to share what I feel God is calling for us in the next couple years as it relates to this vital component of our overall vision. Calvary Church has embraced a call to go forward, no excuses. To us, it means to pursue the promises of God without excuse or hesitation. And it's within this clarion call that we feel to go forward in pursuing God's promises for our property. Our campus in Springdale has provided the opportunity for us as a people and as a church to be a place where individuals can experience the profound work of God. From our worship experience to our teaching forums, from educating students to providing a place for community events and conferences, for prayer meetings and celebrations and memorials, and so much more. It's our campus here that provides this opportunity to help people find a growing relationship with God and to live out his purpose. This is the resource that God has entrusted us with to be a catalyst for the glory of God in this city. It's not everything in our walk with God, but it's a tool that God has given us. It's a resource that God has given us, and I believe it's a great catalyst to what God is going to allow us to do in this city. And so I today want to invite us to join this next step in expanding our facilities here at Ken Road. We've continued to pursue God's promises wherever he directed. But as I mentioned, in 2014, we launched the Promise Project campaign to reach for what God wanted to do on our facility in Springdale. And since then, we have watched God. Since 2014, we have watched God open doors and opportunities beyond what we thought was possible. And it all happened because there were a group of individuals in 2014 who said, let's take a step of faith. And today, April 2022, we look back and we see how God's hand has partnered with the sacrifice and generosity of God's people. We now stand positioned to do greater things for God. We also look forward to and realize there are even greater things in front of us. Don't just look back and thank God for that, but we also realize there are things in front of us. And it's with this mandate in our hearts that we take another step to go forward, no excuses. And we're experiencing growing pains in our facility, and so the burden of uh, this chapter of the Promise Project is to 
really remodel our facilities, both the Bishop Center and the Calvary Church, and reposition our ministries for optimal use and impact. And so we're launching this two-year emphasis that we're calling Focus 55. In t- December, 20, or December 8, 2023, is our 55th anniversary. And our goal is to make some significant improvements to our facility and expand the use of our facility as we approach that 55th anniversary. Our ushers are going to pass out just a little uh, booklet uh, that kind of walks through this, and I'll go quickly through this. It's one of these things that I wrestle with uh, sometimes because um, I know that we have a lot going on. And we have a lot of things that we've given to and we're a part of. But I feel like I would really be stepping back from what God needs me to do if I don't present a vision to you for this. Since 2014, through the Promise Project, we have invested over $1.6 million into this property. That's included, we've paid down our mortgage we purchased property along 275 here. We purchased the Bishop Center property across the street. We've made facility and property upgrades to this building. And we opened the Calvary Academy Child Care and Preschool. And I'm thankful for that. Can we give God praise for that investment? <laughs> Amen. And after discussion with our board of directors, we feel we have a good plan to continue pursuing the promises of God without excuse. It will be a little different than we had originally considered, but we feel it will allow us to grow our um, effectiveness and our efficiency uh, to, to reach more people. So the Promise Project focus will continue to see us first pay down our mortgage. We'll continue to do that. We uh, pay that every month, and your contributions to the Promise Project and the First Fruits Offering help with that. Our next step and our next goal will be to begin to transition and begin to remodel the Bishop Center, uh, kind of a phase one approach. So before we were planning to start with the gymnasium, We're actually going to flip that. We're going to start with our foyer, our bathrooms, classrooms, and office areas at the Bishop Center in the next year. We're going to try to do as much of the work as we can ourselves, try to save as much money as we can, but uh, our goal is to have that completed, and we want to start it sometime this summer, begin to start that whole uh, remodel and finish by the spring of next year. Our target is then to move the Calvary Academy, our kindergarten through 12th grade, out of this main building in the educational wing and move them over to start the school year 2023 and 2024. And so that's will hopefully, Lord willing, that would happen in June. So the school finishes their school year here uh, next school year. And then hopefully we've got that in a way where we can start transitioning all the school furniture, all of that over to the building across the street. And then we begin uh, work here. Now, we may start work here a little sooner than that, but the plan would be then to begin to uh, remodel. Uh, Main remodeling going to be here in the sanctuary. Uh, Our goal is to provide Uh, better seating, better experience for our guests to grow the opportunity for more people to be here and to experience what we're experiencing. And I'm not going to go into all the details of that, but this this room is challenging for people when you sit. Some of you can't see certain things, and not that we're going to fix all of it, but uh, we're going to do our best effort to make it uh, a very uh, improved environment for people to come includes our sound, our AV, our visuals, all of those things, including uh, chairs uh, and so forth, will be a part of that remodeling. We'll also do some remodeling into the foyer to try to expand that. We have some 
opportunities to do that and do some improvements to our uh, fellowship hall. And now with the school being across the street, we'll be able to grow some of the kids' space, the adult space, youth space. Those kind of things can happen uh, more in those spaces, which, again, uh, that's where some of our pressure is right now with our uh, kids' ministry and with some of our adult ministry space. So that is, that is the plan. Um, and our hope is that by December 8th, 2023, that this sanctuary would be remodeled, the foyer would be remodeled, and the bathrooms would be remodeled. There may be some other things that take place for the two-year cycle of it, but our plan is to uh, have this sanctuary remodeled by uh, December 8th, 2023. And so I wanted to present that to you. We also, uh, just some of you ask from time to time, there's other things that are on our radar as well. Uh, we know we've got to repave the parking lots. We have to renovate the gymnasium at the Bishop Center, and uh, we're planning to build a recreational storage building over across the street as well. And then ultimately, we plan to build a new auditorium. And so some of the work that we're doing in here uh, will be with that new auditorium in mind. And uh, so the plan is to push the auditorium that way down the road. But for now, we feel directed to uh, do what we can to expand with what we can. And I believe that uh, this is a great opportunity for us. And so I am inviting as many that will do it to join me down at the Jordan River. Grab your axe and take a beam. And let's do this together, because I believe that God wants to enlarge what we're doing. I am thankful for what we're seeing online, even the impact that we're having and what we'll do to this sanctuary will improve uh, what we are able to do online as well. Uh, For those of you who are guests with us, I'm going to ask you not to listen to anything I say in the next moment, but I'm asking those of you who are members of the church to... Uh, you kind of get used. You walk around and you get used to things looking a certain way. Uh, but uh, if you look close, you'll see that this building is 22 or 23 years old. And you can see all the carpeting, all uh, the flooring, everything is really showing that. And we've done a great job in keeping uh, care of it. Uh, but we feel like we can put a better effort forward and we want to do that. And would everybody from the Calvary Church say amen? amen. And so we, you have there a booklet that kind of outlines uh, what we're planning to do. In there is a commitment card. And I'm encouraging you, if you have never committed to the Promise Project, um, I encourage you to do that, whatever amount helps us. But also, uh, if the Lord puts something on your heart, I encourage you to do that. When we started this in 2014, we looked at it and really there was what we called the miracle equation. And I'll quickly go through this. First is first fruits. So at the Calvary Church, we historically have two one-time offerings at our church. We have one in December for our missions giving called the harvest offering. And at the first half of the year, we have an offering called first fruits. And the idea is that we acknowledge God with the first of, of our our lives, and it's just a principle-based offering, um, and it's, it's an opportunity for us to invest in this local campus. And so the first fruit offering uh, is an offering that we give, again, in this first part of the year, and uh, you can find it throughout Scripture. There's precedent for it, but uh, we just have found it to be a valuable way for us to acknowledge God in the first half of the year. And again, the harvest offering being at the end of the year goes towards our missions efforts. And then there's the monthly giving. So many of you give monthly towards the Promise Project. And uh, this can be accomplished by setting aside uh, some money we're looking at. Again, we give monthly to it, but uh, we're looking at some other things in our family as ways we can give more monthly. And uh, I leave that to you and God. Uh, if you're not able to, you're not able to, but uh, I, I encourage you, if you can, to be a part of that. 
there are other opportunities to give, and we found this when we launched it again in 2014. There's uh, maybe some disposable income or cash reserves, ways that uh, you can give. Maybe you have something you'd want to contribute to what we're doing here. There's also disposable assets, things that you can sell, things you're no longer using. And we've had people over the years do that, sell different things for uh, the Promise Project. Then there's fundraising. I know there have been individuals, I'm thinking of Carol right now, I appreciate she uh, baked cookies and did things to, to help with the Promise Project. Different ones have done garage sales and fundraisers at different times, and, and that's been a great blessing as well. And then the final is to trust God, that we realize that God can intervene as well. And uh, the whole idea of give to give is realizing that I'm just a vessel for God to use. And if God lays on your heart the Promise Project, I want you to, to give to that, uh, but I'm not, I'm not going to make you feel like if you, if you don't trust God in this, that uh, somehow we're going to look down and yeah, I don't check and look who's given to the Promise Project. It's not something I do. All I know is for the last seven, eight years, we've been able to cover our mortgage and do some major improvements at this building because people have been faithful to the work of God. And so I'm very grateful for that. And so the Promise Project, to me, is an opportunity for us to grab a beam to say, you know what, we're going to expand what God can do. I wish, and maybe somebody at some point, God is going to drop, you know, $3 million. Sister Marilyn Prophet believes that and prayed for that before she passed away. I believe for for that. And if that happens, that might change things. But what I've realized is a lot of times what God accomplishes is when everyone grabs a beam and does their part. It's not some major extravagant thing. It's just when people are faithful to the things of God. And so I want to invite you today to stand. And I want to pray for us today as a congregation. And for those of you who are guests with us, I thank you. I I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you get to hear the vision of our church. Uh, But I want to pray for our congregation today, that we have an opportunity to do something amazing for God. I believe we're hungry to do a work for God, and we just need to uh, just revisit what is God asking us to do in this particular arena. And uh, I want to pray for us, because I know he is a provider, he is a miracle worker, and he is a grace giver. And so I, I bring my commitment to the Lord. I want to pray for you before I invite you. I'm going to invite you to come to the front just as a sign of faith. Lord, I thank you, God, for your work through this church. God, when we look back on the last eight years, God, the amazing things that have happened, amazing opportunities that have come, God, when we started, we didn't even know about the Bishop Center. We didn't even know that was a possibility. But Lord, you opened a door and we walked through it. And we were able to walk through it because of the faithfulness and the generosity of your people. And I pray today, in 2022, I don't know what the next eight years hold. I don't know what 2030 is going to look like. But Lord, I'm praying that when we look back, and if I were to still be pastor of this church and I look back, God, I want to look back on a time where your people were faithful again to your work. God, it's not easy to, God, look at our finances. Not easy, Lord, to try to carve out something else in our finances, Lord. And so, Lord, I'm praying you'd just give grace. You'd give faith. God, if you want someone to do something extraordinary, I pray that you'd just give them the courage to do it. They would not be in fear. God, if you're calling us, the young people and the young adults, to a life of faithfulness through giving, I pray, God, that they would respond to that today. Uh, That if you're putting resources in our hands, I pray that we would put it towards your vision in some way. God, I'm praying for courage today. I'm praying, God, for hunger for the things of God. Not praying for guilt. I'm not praying for condemnation. I'm not praying for people to walk out today and feel condemned in any way. 
God, I'm praying that we would feel as the sons of the prophets. Lord, let us go down to the Jordan. And if I can chop down a tree and it can make a difference, Lord, let me do it. If I have something I can give that can make a difference, let me do it. God, I pray for courage today. And so as you consider what you might do for the Lord and consider this opportunity, I thought it just ironic I was going to do this anyway. But I'm just going to invite you to come with that paper or that commitment card. You don't have to write on it at this point. Maybe you'll write on it before you leave today. But I want you to bring it because where, do paper, where does paper come from? Trees. You chopped down that tree and you made a commitment to the Lord. And so we're just going to pray. I want you to just talk to the Lord in your own way. I said this a few weeks ago, and I'll say this again. We are God's best plan to do his work in the world. You are God's best plan. You're God's best plan. You might not feel that way, but God always partners with humanity to accomplish his work. Always always partners with humanity and so today I invite you to partner with God in some way Lord we come to you today we bring God these pieces of paper that are just really nothing Lord at this moment they're just opportunity they're just they just represent hunger they represent a vision a potential Lord but I'm praying today we bring these commitments to you that there would be something that happens in the spirit there would be something Lord that comes up in us that we are going to partner with you we're going to partner with your work in the world God we're going to make a step of faith we're going to align ourselves with your vision and your calling God we hold these pledge cards and these commitment cards in in this room today as simply a sign of faith to you. And I know, God, different ones, God, are are thinking through it in different ways. But, Lord, I'm praying, I'm praying for your virtue, your grace, your wisdom to accompany our faith. Lord, do your work in this world. The Calvary Church's position, the Calvary Church is willing to step forward today. We honor you and we worship you today. In the name of Jesus. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.